If you guys remember last week, we talked about heaven again, and I'm, I've, able, I've been able to stay on one subject for a while, so it's pretty good. Heaven's a pretty dynamic subject, so I've been able to not <laughs> go off the tracks. Um, but there's something I kind of said at the end of, of last week that I kind of springboarded into what I want to talk about this week, and it comes from Romans 14, 17. It says, for the kingdom of God, <clears throat> for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So there's a lot really in that scripture. Um, the three things it talks about is righteousness, peace, and joy. We're going to focus a lot on peace today. I want to try to try real hard to focus on peace. Um, but the, the overarching theme is the kingdom of heaven is in the Holy Spirit. So we see that, that it contains righteousness, peace, and joy, but if you take that verse and look at it, it's saying the kingdom of God is in the Holy Spirit. Those things come along with it, righteousness, peace, and joy, but the kingdom of heaven is in the Holy Spirit. Can we, can we get that? It's, it's where it, it's, it's together. They're, they're not separate. <laughs> I don't know any other way to put it. They're together. And so the kingdom of heaven is in the Holy Spirit, and so when we, when we say we have the Holy Spirit with us, that means we carry the kingdom with us, Right? This is, this is the kingdom of heaven that we carry with us everywhere we go. So we're going to kind of springboard off that and, and hopefully kind of stick around to, to the main part of, of peace out of the righteousness, peace, and joy. Um, most of you are probably here because somebody basically planted a little bit of heaven in your heart and you received it. That's, that's usually how we end up in this place is somehow this has been revealed to us that there's something greater than ourselves, something greater than just what we see, something... Uh, I always look at the, we talked a couple weeks ago about the upside down, but I look at the matrix. Like there's something, like take the red pill, take the blue pill type thing. There's something else going on here besides just the reality that I see. And someone gave us that truth and that reality. Gave us that truth and that reality. <laughs> and so most of us are here, if not all of us, because someone planted that seed of heaven in our hearts. And it began to manifest and we had to figure out what it meant, what it looked like. And then we come here to talk about it a little bit more. So We'll start it from that premise. Most of us have received this, this truth, this revelation, and so then we begin to unpack it as we, we work through our lives. Um, so we'll start this week in Matthew ten seven. It says, as you go, proclaim this message. This is Jesus talking to the disciples. The kingdom of heaven has come near. It's within reach. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. Skip down to verse 11. It says, Whatever town or village you enter, search there for some worthy person to stay at their house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. Now, we're going to go back to the beginning of this and kind of walk through. Um, but first, where do, we, where do we find this peace? I talked a little bit about peace um, after worship, but where, where is this peace found? Where do, we, where do we find real peace? In Jesus, right? Coming from the same place. It's from the kingdom of heaven in the Holy Spirit is where we find peace. I know. <laughs> yeah, so, how, so how, do we have pe- how do we have peace in the midst of sometimes chaos? Do it. Do any of you feel like you're in the midst of chaos sometimes? <laughs> do, any of you have chil- do any of you have children? In the midst of chaos, a lot of times we, we seek um, escape, right? Or we seek, uh, I know a lot of vices come from this, is where we want to get away 
from either you know responsibilities or, or a reality that we find we feel like we're trapped in, right? Has anybody ever felt that? I feel that sometimes, like, oh, i got to get out of here. This is too much, too much pressure. And what, what we find is operating in an earthly, earthly reality, you can find temporary temporary issues or temporary, they end up being issues. Do what? Gratification. Yeah, you can find temporary gratification. You can find temporary um, relief from pressure, but it's all temporary, okay? And, and I'll give it that. It, it, temporarily, it will give you, I don't even say it gives it, it gives you uh, fake. It gives you a false reality of an escape. And I'm trying not to get into detail because we all deal with different things, so I don't want to pinpoint that because it's easy to pinpoint things that I would deal with or somebody else. So you, whatever it is, we find temporary escape. But what, what this, cool, this, this really cool kingdom offers is an eternal escape of reality because it gives us a new reality. It gives us a new source by which we can see everything else. It gives us a new, um, a, a, a completely different kingdom operating in a, conti- a completely different manner. Look at Jesus when he is, is walking through. I've got all these people wanting, he's the, he's the news in town. Everybody wants to see him and he's walking through town and everybody's, people are obviously touching him. They want to get near him and he's walking through and he's having conversations and things are going on and one woman touches the back of his, his garment and she's healed. And think about what he does. He feels it. He feels something leave him. But he's not without anything. He has it in abundance. It's not like he's losing it. He has plenty. But he recognizes that something has happened. Someone has received this, this healing peace from him, and he, he, can feel, he can feel it. And he recognizes, say, whoa, everybody stop. Somebody touched me. And I can imagine they're going, yeah, everybody. We're crowded around you because... We, we want to be healed too. We want all these things. But something happened in that moment that that, that power left, that peace left him and, and he felt it. I see, and I saw it yesterday during the, during the yard sale. I, uh, I did help some, not as much as many other people did. I helped some, but a lot of times I tried to observe and, and thinking about what I was going to talk about today, I saw, like I, I visually saw the circles I was drawing of the pockets of heaven. I saw that in here with all these guys in here. And these people come in here looking for a yard sale. I mean, I don't think they're in, most of them weren't in here looking for Jesus and they weren't looking for heaven for sure. They came in here, but they encountered it. Amen. I mean, I've, I've never heard anything like it at a yard sale and I've been to a lot of yard sales, but there'd be people coming in here and I'd hear two seconds later singing happy birthday to them. You know what I mean? And Yeah. And that's because it's not just the building, it's because of the people that were in here and when they walked through <laughs> they had Deborah on one side and Rose on the other, and they couldn't, they couldn't fight it. They walked right through the middle of it. <laughs> I mean, there was no stopping it, you know what I'm saying? Huh? Crossfires. Whoa, we just wanted some cheap shoes. We didn't expect all this. But listen, it's, it's, our, it's, our, it's our new reality to see that there's people coming in here that, that we're looking to, to buy stuff, and that's fine, but, but we see people, and, and God cares for people. He cares more for people than trying to argue right or wrong. He cares more for people than trying to, to adjust everybody's viewpoint to match yours. That's why we have unity in, in the body. Yeah. I've, I've got to say this. The thing I love about the yard sale, and, and please don't misunderstand me, I don't want to discount the fact that we made $2,000 for the missions, but when you break it down, it's not really about that. This is not as far as we're concerned. It's really cool that we make this money for missions, but it's not about that. It's about ministering to people. People coming in, like you said, and just feeling the peace. 
And again, it's not the building, y'all. It's not. You know, this is just the metal building. It's all of us that, because i got to tell you, as long as I've been coming to this church, I thought this way. Back when I first came here, all those years ago, the very first time we stepped into this place, we felt it. It's just, it's the spirit's here. And it's just it's made up of the people that are here. And it's, can you throw me my water? It's the, it's the reality of the kingdom in us that's transferred if, if we're aware of it. And this is why we talk about renewing our minds because we're not always aware of it. Just like I said this morning, I woke up thinking about a hook in my eye. I could have been like, oh, that was weird and moved on. Right? I mean, we all get, I get visions and dreams and I just ignore them sometimes. But sometimes it takes our mind to focus on what's going on. And I heard a story about a guy praying. A guy was, would walk through a, through a, uh, a food store, but they also had a lot of like cultish stuff in there. And he would stop before he would go through there and he would pray, just kind of gain his bearings, and then go in and buy his food or whatever. And he'd always talk to the owners and eventually they invited him over to the house and began to talk to him, get to know him. And the owner of the store recognized the presence on it. He didn't know what to call it. He said, something's different when you walk into my store. If there's something different about you when you walk into my store. Every time you walk into my store, it's like the atmosphere changes. And this guy's not a Christian. He didn't know what he was. He didn't know what was going on. He just recognized that he was seeing something manifest in the natural that he he couldn't quite explain. And this is what happens, I think, when when I've encountered, you know, my friend who witnessed to me when I encountered him at work, and I saw um, the Holy Spirit in him that I was drawn to. It wasn't him. It wasn't his theology. It wasn't his teaching. It wasn't anything about. It was it was just that presence that was with him. The same way. Um, that time we went to a, a youth camp and we were, we were waiting in line to be, we were going through like a baptism. Um, and there was, and I've told this story a hundred times, but this is a perfect example. Because it actually goes right along with what I'm talking about, freely receive and freely give, because that was the word I got from this, this guy with Down syndrome, walked by and he was praying for everyone. And I tried to avoid him. I'm just being honest. I tried to avoid him. I was like, ah, I'm good. And, you know, I kind of set myself on the other side of people so he would walk past. And he walked right around right straight to me. And prayed for me, and it was incredible. And I saw and felt Christ in him as, as probably clear as I've ever seen it and could feel the presence. And the, he said something. I don't remember what he said, but what I felt and what I remembered repeating back to him was freely, freely you have received, freely give. And it, maybe it was for today. Who knows? But it was, it was such a simple message. <laughs> He didn't, have to, he didn't have to preach to me. He didn't have to do anything special. And this is what I want to encourage you guys. You don't have to have a microphone or a platform or, a, or a, a big audience to impact people's lives. You carry this kingdom with you everywhere you go. You're changing atmospheres in every room that you enter. Everywhere. I mean, it doesn't stop. <laughs> That's the thing. With, in our minds, it does because we have these structures and we have church here and work here and, you know, this hobby over here and this thing that I like to do and God must not like what I like which is a common misconception too. He must not like anything I like, which is not true. And so we have this, we have this, we try to compartmentalize our lives and we put God in this box where he can only operate in certain areas when he wants to be a part of your life all the time. Brad's a perfect example. You didn't know I was going to call him, Brad. But I, I'm, Brad and I talk, and when, he's, when, when he talks about, he does massage therapy, and when he, physical touch, when you touch people, he's praying for them. And he's seen, he's seen it manifest in his work, in his workplace, just in, in, in praying for people in physical touch. I mean, it's, it doesn't stop when you clock in. <laughs> you know what I mean? This isn't, this isn't a check, you know, check it at the door, which I say all the time. This is the reality that we operate from, not towards. This is the misconception that, 
I was told for years that we have to wait a long time before we can experience this heaven thing. And God says, no, I put heaven in your heart and my kingdom goes with it. Now you're heirs and co-heirs now for eternity. We're, we're eternal beings now. So we, 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 want, we want desperately to figure it all out and there's nothing wrong with that. But I'll tell you right now, you need to embrace mystery if you're going to be a part of this. Because you're going to be very, very frustrated. You, you ha- we have to embrace something that we can't fully understand or we'll bring God down to our level and make him more like us. And that's not who he is. He's much greater than we are. So there are moments when we can't fully explain things that happen. And for our own, for our own I don't know, comfort, I guess, we will try to bring, bring God down to a place that we can understand him better instead of accepting him for who he is and not fully understanding it. it says we'll never fully understand it until we actually get there and see heaven in its fullness. But, thank God, Christ came that we can experience it in part now. It's a deposit that's in us that we can experience now. Oh, I've got another. I want to tell, I'll tell too many stories and embarrass everybody in here. All right. Um, man, all right. You, you've been called into, a lot of people call me on Sunday mornings. You've been called into a lifestyle that's absolutely impossible. This Christian thing won't work on your own. He requires us to do what we can't do because he actually spoke it into existence. He spoke it and made it possible. When he says something, the Spirit goes with it. When he says that we can do things, it's not because we believe real hard and we can do them. It's because he said that we could do them. It's him, it's him that carries the power. Luke one thirty seven says, For nothing will be impossible with God. For nothing will be impossible with God. Jack Taylor breaks it down in this way. The two words, nothing is no thing. Thing means rhema, freshly spoken word of God. Rhema is a, is a freshly spoken word of God. That's what rhema is. So break the, that breaks it down this way. No freshly spoken word of God will come to you that does not contain its own ability to perform itself. This is why we bless you. This is why we don't just study a historic God and try to mimic him. That's religion. Religion is studying a historic God and trying to do the things that he did like he did without him. It doesn't work. When you carry the Holy Spirit, when you get a revelation from God, bless you again. When you get a revelation from God, when you, when you act on it, he gives you the power for it to actually happen. He's the only one that can do it. So he's not going to give you something that's not going to work. It says his word never returns void. That's what he's talking about. When he gives you something that he wants you to do, a fresh revelation, a fresh word for somebody, he, he carry, carrying with it is the power for it to actually do what it's supposed to do. So we have to trust this Holy Spirit. <laughs> and that's tough sometimes. Because it is, the Holy Spirit is operating on a completely different level than we are. So we actually have to have faith and trust that there is an unseen realm that is operating that we operate from that is affecting the realm that we're actually in now. So when we go into those places, that story of that guy going through the store, when we go into these places, we actually see, and, and not always instantly, sometimes it takes time, we see the manifestation of, a, of a, a pocket of heaven invading earth everywhere we go. And what that does is it changes, it changes, our, it changes our hopes, it changes our... Um, our frustrations into not frustrations because now it's not on, on, on us, it's on God. 
Now, now it actually, <laughs> we're, we always say we're an R&D church. We're just receiving and distribute. Freely we receive what freely we give. It's not, we're not lakes, we're rivers. <laughs> this flows from him to us, through us. We benefit on the way, but we don't, we don't try to hoard this at all. The reason God gives it to you is so you, that you can give it to somebody else. Everything that we do, when, we, when he gives us a fresh revelation, he gives us a vision, or, or, we're, or we're praying and he gives us something, he's, it's, it may be for you in that moment, but it's for you to share. <laughs> it's not for us to keep and hoard. So no freshly spoken word of God will come to you that does not contain its own ability to perform itself. So how does it do this? Right before that scripture in Luke, it was the angel talking to Mary who was saying, I can't, I can't be pregnant. I haven't been with my husband. I can't get pregnant. The angel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. How do we operate in, in an impossible realm within the context of a not impossible world. It says it right there, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The Holy Spirit will be with you everywhere you go. And so you operate in, an, in a seen realm from an unseen realm. <clears throat> how can I keep writing how? I wrote how on here like five times. How can we do that? I'm, I have kids, so they ask me how and why about everything. Grace. Who knew I was going to come back to grace? Grace is the only reason that we can do any of this stuff. Why is that? Law requires grace enables. Law requires of us to do something. Grace enables us to do things that we could not possibly do on our own. Think about it. The law was tough, but grace is actually even tougher. The law says, do these things, don't do these things. The law says, don't kill. Grace says, don't call anybody a bad name. I don't have a problem not murdering people, but sometimes I have a problem not calling people bad names, right? Grace requires of us more. Law says don't commit adultery. Grace says don't even lust after another woman. Grace is a higher standard than law is. You get that? The only reason we can operate in the impossible realm, he's trying to show us a picture of that. You can't do this on your own. You can't do this. As soon as, as, soon as law reveals sin in your life, just like uh, <laughs> Paul would say, I didn't, I, didn't want to co- I didn't even know what coveting was. Now you tell me not to covet, I covet all the time. Law will produce in you a lawbreaker. And from that place, we either, we either have to fulfill all the law, which we can't do anyway, or fulfill this new, if we want to call it a law, which it's not as grace, is way beyond our ability to do on our own. On our own. But with grace, everything is possible. It opens up, it opens up all the doors because now we have access to an impossible realm. We have full access to an impossible realm to do things that we couldn't do on our own. So we hope in things that we couldn't hope for before. We believe things that couldn't happen before. We prayed for a young man. I don't even know who he is. Tracy just got a random text from somebody, and we're praying this kid gets healed, and I believe he will. With all my heart, I believe he will. How can I believe that? <laughs> it's because I, don't, I can't just operate from this realm because I've done that before, and I'm not going to do it again. I'll never go back to that. The Bible tells us to taste and see that the Lord is good. Why? Because it's his goodness that leads us to repentance. When you taste, when you experience how good God is, you can't go backwards. You can't un- Mark used to say you can't unring that bell. I can't unsee the things I've seen, and I can't, I can't 
unexperienced the things I've experienced. And I'm not going to go backwards to a very limited perspective when now I have an unlimited one. Does that make sense? So when we, have, <clears throat> when we draw from a place that is beyond our, even our own understanding, because things don't always go the way that we want them to, when we draw from a place of trust in the Holy Spirit and we carry this kingdom with us, the cool thing is it brings peace. It brings this rest on us that goes, okay, regardless of the outcome, I'm praying with full confidence, but regardless of the outcome, I have peace in this because I'm operating from a different kingdom than mine. It's not a, it's not a cause and result kingdom. It's, a, it's all about Christ's kingdom. It's all about Jesus' kingdom. Yeah. And you're like, I was just being, you know, ridiculous. I could have done, you know what I mean, that, but I just, you know, I just couldn't at the time. And he, you know, he made it happen for me. Think about when your kids start walking, they start crawling, and they stand up and fall down. Do you just chew them out for falling down? Yeah. You idiot. You just put one foot in front of the other. But sometimes that's how we treat Christians when they, when they begin to, to do better and then they mess up. You idiot. Do better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Without, when Christ says, no, let me help, let me help you. Let me help you. And whether it's, whether it's just misconceptions or, or not understanding, it's, the diff- it's all the difference of relationship versus religion. It's all the difference in saying, you do this because this is what I want you to do, or let's do this together. You see the difference? That's, that's, that's what Christ came for is so that we could be together. <laughs> The, the, the whole, everything revolves around that relationship being restored with Christ. Everything, every dynamic, everything that we teach in here and that we talk about revolves around a reconciled relationship with the Father that came through Jesus Christ. Everything. And so now when we operate, we operate from this place of closeness. And this is the thing that cripples the church even to this day is that we think God is far away. He's far away from us. He's disgusted at us. He's angry at us. He's mad at us. He's disappointed in us. He's far away and it's going to take everything I can to get him even close. When Jesus went around saying, hey, the kingdom's here, it's this close. See my hand? This is how close the kingdom is. You can feel it. You can touch it. I, I, I am a part of it. I came and I brought my kingdom with me so that I could be with you. I limited myself as God to a human so that I could show you that it's not just God who can do these things, but humans who can do them with God. You see the difference? We talked about this last week. If, if Jesus would have done these things... And, and been fully, fully, which he was fully God and fully man, but if he, if he didn't have the man part, if he was just God, then we would be spectators and we'd go, that's cool, I'm glad I got to see that. But since he limited himself to being man, to only be able, he could only do what he heard the Father doing. So he limited himself to man for a, mo- for a time so that he could show us, because we're ignorant sometimes, look at the disciples, they were goofy. So they could see a man can do these things, Right? Man can do that with God, man can do things. Not just God, not far away, but God with man can do all kinds of crazy things. He can spit in his hand and heal people. It says there's, there's not enough books to describe everything that Jesus did in, what, three years? And he says even greater things. We talked about Peter last week, right? They say, he said, on this rock, I'm going to build my church. He called Peter a rock, which is a different Greek word, which was a rock that was small and movable because Peter moves around. 
But on the rock that he's going to build the church on is a, a great mountain that's unmovable, and it's the revelation of who Jesus was. The reason he said that is because that revelation is what Peter got, and Peter got it before everybody else did. And Peter's the one that they said when a shadow was cast on people, they would get healed. Do you see it? Do you see the, do you see the kingdom, how it, was, it wasn't just touched because there were garments, and then we would try to, we'd try to create some kind of theology. Well, we need, you know, the, the healing anointing got into the cloth with sweat, and then we need to give it to somebody, and we build churches around that. But it's in the moment of, of, of him hearing from the Father and doing something is when these things happen. Same thing with Peter. He carried such a presence with him that his shadow influenced people. <laughs> that he was just close to people and things would begin to happen. Not because for, for any reason he, he merited some great favor from God because he had a revelation of what the kingdom was and he knew that he carried it. It was as simple as that. It was our, he was doing R&D just like we do. We receive from God and we give it to other people. People... I've heard stories of people getting healed accidentally. Like they weren't even praying for them. They just bumped into them. And then come like a week or two later, they'll come back and say, hey, I was struggling with this. You bumped into me the other day and I got healed. <laughs> like what? And I've experienced it where I've prayed and cried out to God for something to happen and it didn't happen. And I've prayed the most basic prayer for somebody and they were immediately healed. I can't explain it. I don't, all I, all I know is that he can. <laughs> And if he wants to use me, then that's fine. And if it doesn't work out, then I'll just find somebody else to pray for. And find somebody else to pray for. I mean, all I, I know that I can't do it on my own, but I know that I've seen it done through me and through other people. So I, I can't discount what I've seen happen for what I don't understand. You know, I'm not going to throw away everything that I know is true because I don't understand some things. I can't do that. Like I said, I can't go backwards into... In in into, into not operating from the supernatural because it's everything. The kingdom is everything. I mean, we, he either is or he isn't. <laughs> this is either truth or it's not. But it, it requires of us some sort of, some sort of response to do something. Now that, we, now that we realize that we have this, we can actually affect other people around us. Um, Jesus slept in a storm. <laughs> Trying to get back to peace. I know I kind of chased a rabbit for a while. Jesus slept in a storm, and then he released peace to the storm. He carried peace inside. He just let that out. Jesus carried peace. Storm rose up. He said, peace, be still. He just spread his peace so that it, it affected the, the atmosphere outside of him from someplace that was inside of him. He operated the same way that we should operate. He was uh, the prototype for us. He was showing us that it was possible. He was showing us that it was possible that we can affect this natural realm from a supernatural realm. He was demonstrating it. John twenty nineteen says, <clears throat> on the evening of that first, first day of the week, when the disciples were, were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. How many of you know if you were locked in a building scared for people to kill you, and a guy walked through a wall, you would not have peace. <laughs> They're in there scared to death, and Jesus just walks through a wall. Hey, peace be with you. After he said this, yeah, after he said this, he showed them his hands inside, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Then they were at peace when they realized who it was. 
Verse 21, again, again Jesus said, Peace be with you. He says it twice. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Do you see the parallel here? We see how Jesus hears from the Father and operates from that. He demonstrates it to us that it's possible for a man to do this with God, right? Do you see the transition here? Now he's saying, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. He's showing us that you, we are going to operate in that same way. This is, the, this is the normal Christian life, is to operate directly from the Father now because he's restored that relationship. Verse 22, and with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So he tells them, and then he gives them the power to do it. He tells them what they're going to do, and he gives them the ability to do it. <laughs> he doesn't just leave them. There's another split. That's the difference between religion and relationship. He tells them to do something. You're going to do this. You're going to do like I did. But he doesn't just do it and not, and not go with them. He gives them something. He says, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit to go with you, and I'll never leave you or forsake you, and I'll be with you to the end of the earth. All of this, all of this changes our perspective on life, day to day, moment by moment. Verse 23, if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. What? What? Well, that's, Jesus can do that. We can't do stuff like that. We can't operate like Jesus did. That's not what I'm seeing. Think about that for a minute. If you, <laughs> I'll read it again. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they're not forgiven. So we have the power to forgive people's sins? Yeah. In the moment they believe it, you've just forgiven their sins. When you tell someone their sins are forgiven, forgiven, remember we talked about the Holy Spirit coming out, we speak truth, and the Holy Spirit goes out, and when the Holy Spirit goes to them, the same way he breathed on them, we're breathing on other people. We're, all we're doing is sharing the Holy Spirit. And in those moments, their sin can be forgiven too. Through us. How cool is that? It's paid for. Cash the check. <laughs> I mean, that's the truth that we carry. It's not, it's not, okay, do these things and then God will forgive you. God has already forgiven you 2,000 years ago. Receive it. That's all, you have, that's, all, that's all we're required to do. He's saying go out and forgive people's sins. He's saying, you have the power to do that now. Because, why? Because you carry the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he just breathed on them, and he gave them the power to do it. Not in their own ability. We can't go around forgiving sins. We're not, we're not God, but the Holy Spirit can. Where's the Holy Spirit? What's it carry? Kingdom. You see how all this it all works together so that when we, when we talk and, and we laugh and we joke around and we have conversations, and then this one person in the room of 20 and it's chaos, and we're talking, and we're joking around, and one person in the room of 20, you, you catch a glimpse of they're going through something. Have you ever seen that or felt that? You, you can be in a room of 100 people and feel completely alone. Has anyone ever felt that? I have felt that. Listen, if you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit and you, and, you, and you get your mind right to where you can hear from the Holy Spirit, you can catch those. Just like Jesus felt that, leave him. You can sense someone needing that, and you can walk over to him and you can talk to him. And you can give them, you have, you carry the answer to everyone's problems. They're real problems, not the problems they think they have. You're, they're real problems. If, if we'll align our minds with what's going on in the kingdom in our hearts, then we can recognize those things and we will feel it. I'm telling you, I've felt it. I've gone into places and I've seen people 
and, and, and the Lord has prompted me to go talk to them separately by themselves and figure out what's going on because I can tell something's bothering them. We're pretty transparent people. We pretend like we're not, but we are. But when you carry the presence, you, you can't just give them good advice. You, you, it's not that just that you can give them good advice, though you can. Now you carry something even greater. You care for them because God cares for them. Now you carry Holy Spirit power that can <laughs> forgive their sins, which is the most supernatural thing in the universe because it, it creates in them a brand new creation. So if you, want to pray, if you want to pray for somebody for their limb to grow, that's great. It's just as powerful to pray for salvation, for someone to come to know the Lord. That's just as supernatural. Go back to Matthew 10, 13 real quick. It says, if the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. So how do you let your peace rest on something? And how do you get it back <laughs> if it doesn't? Just whistle. <laughs> back. Like a boomerang. Any peace out there? Hey, you're not far off. You're not far off. Go to Genesis 8 8. You're not far off there. It's kind of like a dove. Genesis 8 8. It says, Then he sent out a dove to see if the water had receded from the surface of the ground. But the dove could find nowhere to perch because there was water over all the surface of the earth. So it returned to Noah in the ark. He reached out his hand and took the dove and brought it back to himself in the ark. He waited seven more days, and again he sent out the dove from the ark. When the dove returned to him in the evening, there in its beak was freshly plucked olive leaf. Then Noah knew that the water had receded from the earth. He waited seven more days and sent the dove out again, but this time it did not return to him. What's the international sign of peace? It's a dove. Or is it the branch? What is it? It is. It's the olive branch. It's the combo. So what he's saying is the the piece you you just keep casting the piece out. <laughs> it is. It's a <laughs> so we we send out peace. This is what I'm trying to get to. We send out. You just keep sending it out until it rests somewhere. Peace is always God's Holy Spirit is looking to rest on somebody whether it's the dove or the olive branch or the combination of the two. God's sending his peace out all the time to rest on people. It's always looking for somewhere to rest. And so when we, we talk about casting seeds, it's not complicated. You just throw seeds out. That's how you plant stuff. You just throw seeds out. It's not our responsibility to make sure that they grow. Other people may come along and water those, and other people may tend to them. We may, but God's the one that make, actually makes them grow. So when we send peace out, that's, that's our response. That's our only responsibility is to send that peace out. And it's always looking for somewhere to rest. Now I'm going to think about that the whole time. Um, so we all, we all want to look at practical ways. How do we share peace? How do we share this kingdom that we have? First, we have to recognize that we actually have it. If we're spending our lives trying to get something that we already have, we're not going to be very productive in helping other people find it. Once you recognize you have this peace and you carry this kingdom, then you know, we talk about if you have, you have to have $10,000 to give it away. You have to recognize that you carry a piece with you. You have to recognize that you carry a kingdom with you before you can ever give it away. You have to be able to receive it before you can ever give it away. And so there's a, there's a, a mindset that we have to change. Like I talked about the guy that, that would walk into that store, would pray, and it wasn't that 
the Holy Spirit had left him and he was just showing up so he could go in the door. We know that's not true. But, but I know that I've experienced times when I've got to focus and go, okay, Lord, I want to, I'm just praying, Lord, that you use me in this, in this position for this specific time so that I can, I can change the atmosphere that's in this place. And what it does is it just lines our mind up with what's going on in our hearts. And it, it makes things a little clearer for us to understand. And when we do it, I believe it really, it really blesses us even more a lot of times than it does the people that are around us. It's weird how that works. So when we begin to operate from that place, we go, now I can, I can do things that I didn't know that I could do, but it's all because of God, and now that I know that I have Christ with me, then I'm much more comfortable in everything that I do. You see the kind of cycle? So now when I operate from this place, it kind of reciprocates back to me. Okay, because I can do this, I have this confidence in the Lord. Now when I go through something that I think I can't handle, I've prayed for other people about this, and I realize that I've got something that I actually I can give other people that can actually benefit me as well. So it changes our perspective on even our own, our own issues and things that we deal with. Mm-hmm. So we start in the beginning. I said most of us, if not all of us, have, have come to this place or ended up um, in church in general because someone has planted a seed of heaven in your heart. And, and we know that God's heart is relationship and, and God's heart is, is restoration. So don't, we can't be surprised when God finds someone, even the most unexpected person, he finds in the midst of whatever sin and junk that's going on in their lives, and he finds a heart that's willing to receive him, and that person could just sit down quietly and receive it, or that person may look drunk and start laughing and fall out on the floor. It's because God has, God has found a heart that's willing to receive him regardless of anything that they've gone through in their lives. He's looked past every mistake they've ever made. He's looked past everything that they've ever done and he's found a heart that's willing to receive that seed. And that's what we need to be looking for. We need to be looking for past the stack of junk that everyone carries around that they think that they can't get rid of. We need to look past that and look for a heart that's just willing to receive that truth. That's our position and that's it. That's all I got. Yes. Melissa's got something. That was a powerful hand raise. Hey, can we get the mic up? Cordless mic. Check. Checky check. Uh, I, 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 I have um, piano students, and I teach Spanish at two different schools, but um, I had some neighbors who have a, a friend of theirs who's next door who's autistic, and he's 12, and they, they kind of got, once they got the diagnosis, it's almost like a death sentence if you don't understand what, what autism is. Because there's a lot of facets. There's kids who can function normally, and then there's kids who can't talk. And he's kind of in the middle. And they said, could you teach him piano? And I was like, uh, <laughs> sure. So back in October, we began. And um, long story short, he went from um, uh, barely being able to even like be aware of his surroundings to uh, his brain is refiring through music and he has come alive and um, uh, and a lot of times autistic people don't like you to touch them they're very sensitive to that so I'm partnering partnering with his mother now he's 12 years old and I said now can I can I pat him on the back and tell him good job she says no I said, well, will he do a high five and she says yes so we do piano he does well and I say give me a high five, and he gives me a high five. And so then I just, 
I just went ahead, and the next time he did something good, we did a high five, and I put my hand on his back, and, uh, and he didn't do anything. The next time he did something well, I said, give me a high five, and I said, and a hug. And I went to hug him, and he let me hug him. So his mom and dad are in the lesson, and they burst into tears. I have no idea what's going on. At the end of the lesson, now he's 12, they said he has not touched and hugged a person in eight years. That's the first time. He's never, he hasn't hugged us, us in eight years. And guess what? Now he's hugging everybody. That's awesome. And when he comes in, but let me tell you what's happening. So his dad is disabled. He's 42. He has a severe back injury. I'm sorry. No, I'm so be excited sorry. because you're talking. We carry the kingdom in us. And when we go into a place of darkness, it says the darkness cannot overcome him. Yeah. And when we go in, we change the atmosphere. Things have to move out of the way because light and life and power is walking through. Yeah. His dad's an atheist. I go into their home and teach this child every Wednesday since October. God is changing the whole family. He, every time I, since I met him, he's been in his robe every time he meets me. Okay, his dad comes in his robe and he just kind of shuffles like this. He's disabled. He's 42. Okay? All right, two weeks ago, this is since October, two weeks ago, he met me at the door. And he was totally dressed and he looked well. He still shuffled along. But he got dressed, and the Lord just spoke to my heart, and he said, I'm healing his body. He, he's getting dressed for you. He thinks he's getting dressed just because you're coming because of the love and the life that you carry, but he's really responding to the anointing and to the life of Christ that's in me. Amen. And so I fully expect him to be totally healed, um, and his child is coming alive. And he said, I've never seen anything like this. I don't understand it. He said, but I just feel love and hope when you're in my house. Can I just hug you? And he just hugged me. It's, it's real, guys. This is real stuff. Yeah. We really are different. This is not our home, but we're here right now. Yeah. We are citizens of another kingdom, and we carry the answer. The whole family is changing. So anyway, I just wanted to share it. So that's, that's what's awesome. happening in me. So yay. <laughs> And it's so, the, the word of our testimony is so powerful because when we hear that, we get encouraged and we want to do that. We want to be a part of that. And I love that. Yeah. So anybody else? <laughs> that family bought our piano and when yeah. it was at our home, there was a key that was stuck, like it was broken and they were going to have to fix it. So, you know, we lowered the price and we we're like, you know, good luck. We were so excited because she was sharing the testimony and, um, and I said, oh, were they able to get it fixed? Did it work out? And she was like, it wasn't broken when it got there. Wow. You know, it's just, you know, God <laughs> had yeah. this. It's just funny. God can heal pianos, too. It's just funny because he's using that, so he's just, like, giving the whole thing. I don't, it's, That's awesome. I love it. Well, here's, here's what I love. Here's what I love. Looking, I do it all the time. I look back on my life and look at all the pieces and parts that God put together that I could have never orchestrated that looked like chaos but were actually leading me to him. In the same way, I love seeing the little pieces put together with you guys and hearing the stories of, of how God's using you to influence other people and actually share the kingdom with other people. I mean, that's, that's the church. This is awesome that we can get together and be encouraged, but you got, that's church. That's, that's normal Christianity right there. That's, that's the reality of the kingdom and life and everything that we do. Yes? Yeah, I, used to work with, I, did, I did sort of. I used to work with children with autism at USA Women's and Children's um, when I was in my graduate uh, school. And I had a lot of children that were nonverbal. And 
I, we had a, a speech therapist there at the time who was not one of um, a loving, you know, yeah. mindset. And, and, you know, they were to come in and they were going to sit down and they were to do their work and what are you doing and this parent isn't doing the right thing. And then, you know, a lot of judgment there. Yeah. So I come in just like, hey, everybody, let's get a hug. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I had a, a child and in the, um, in the interview, you know, we're talking and she's like, yeah, he's nonverbal. If he could just say mama. This child was nine years old. Yeah. I've never heard him say mom. You know, so this became my child, and every day we just worked. That's it. That's all we worked on was the M sound and mama, mom, mama, mama, mama. Well, one day he just said it, yeah. Ma mama, and it, I mean it was like a party. We were like, whoa, you know. <laughs> and I here I am, a graduate student. I don't know what I'm doing, you know. But it wasn't about me. It was about like them seeing, you know, m my love for him and his family. Right. And from then on, he started, um, he started all kinds of words. I mean, he just started going, and it had nothing, to, it didn't make sense scientifically. You know, like I'd go and tell my people in graduate school and my, you know, Purdue uh, professors and stuff, and they would be like, no way, you know. Yeah. But it wasn't me, you know. But that's great, that's great. And that's the, the there's no, you don't need a translator for love. When we were in Honduras, I couldn't speak very much Spanish, just see, I'd say yes to everything. And, uh, but we had translators, but there were times when, um, when we would pray and he couldn't understand or I would speak too fast maybe. But there was no, there, there's no, you don't need a translator just to hug somebody and love somebody. And you don't need to be super educated to explain everything to actually genuinely care for people. That's why, even when I didn't understand when that girl was praying for me over my eye, I didn't know what any of that was, but I knew that she was caring for me, and the Holy Spirit that she carried rested on me in that moment, and I was calm, and I shouldn't have been calm. It was pretty chaotic, but I was calm, and that's what we carry. We, we can bring peace to people. We can bring a reality that they don't see to a reality that they do see. Yes? We've, we've talked a lot lately about the, the fruit of the Spirit or the, uh, the evidence of the Holy Spirit, and we keep coming back to the, the evidence of, of the Holy Spirit in someone's life is love. Well, that love that we're sharing with these people, but that's, that's, we're talking about the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead yeah. that can quicken or heal their mortal bodies. So we're, we're carrying this, uh, this atomic power plant of the Holy Spirit in us. Anybody else? One more. Just to show you that there is a God. Um, my mother had a friend when she ran the boys' home, and uh, the lady was taking care of her granddaughter who was mentally challenged. She's kind of autistic in a way. And um, the little girl didn't, you know, re wasn't receptive to people. Me and her hit it off. And my grandkids called me Mama Cuckoo. So she called me <laughs> Mama Cuckoo. And uh, I hadn't seen her in 11 years. She's 27 now. And last Sunday after church, we were going to an estimate. And they were, her and her granddaughter were walking down the street. And I said, that's Miss Barbara and Michelle. And so I turned around and, and I said, Miss um, Barbara, I said, you recognize me? And she says, I do. She's 73 now. She says, I do, but I can't place who you are. And Michelle looked at me and she said, it's Mama Cuckoo. <laughs> and so um, it was actually Michelle's birthday the next day. 
Yeah. And the last time I had seen her, it was her birthday. Oh, wow. And so I called, and I said, I'd like to take you all to lunch. And they, they live just on Michelle's in, uh, money that she gets in every month, you know, and it's so it's very hard for them. And so I took them to lunch, and she said, we haven't eaten out since the last time you had taken us. Oh, wow. And uh, so I bought her some gifts and stuff, and I told her, I said, you know, before my mother died, she told Barbara that if something happened to her, she would take care of Michelle and found out Miss Barbara had five heart attacks in one week wow. a few months back. And she said, I've been so worried what I was going to do with Michelle. And I told her, I said, Miss Barbara, I will take care of Michelle if something happens to wow. you. And she said, God sent you back into our lives. Wow. Amen. There's, there's, there's all these, everybody's got different stories and different people that they know. And to see and the unity is not about just agreeing on every little detail. Unity is having, carrying the same Holy Spirit and thinking of others above ourselves. And that, that unity changes lives. Arguing is not going to change a lot of lives. But, but the unity in Christ and knowing that we carry the same Holy Spirit that can heal this person and that can save this person and that can change this person's life brings us all together for a, a, a better reality and a hope. Stand up with me. We'll pray. <clears throat> Father, thank you that, uh, that you have revealed to us that your Holy Spirit goes with us everywhere that we go. Lord, that we don't, we don't hold it over people's heads that we have, we have something that they can't have or that they don't have, Father, but we just give it as freely as you gave it to us. Father, help us to see past um, all of our, our earthly and human frustrations and, and perspectives and see your heavenly perspective. Father, let us put your heavenly kingdom lenses in our glasses, Father, that we can see people the way that you see people and at their potential. Father, help us to, uh, in those moments and in those, those times that we come together and we see people that we know need you, Lord, help us to, uh, to not be afraid to speak. Lord, in, in, in leading of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that we could step out. Father, we know that you don't make us uncomfortable, but you actually go alongside us so that we are comforted in everything that we do because your Holy Spirit is a comforter. So, Father, thank you that, that um, you're not limited where we are limited. Father, thank you for your supernatural presence and uh, just keep our eyes open as we leave this place. In Jesus' name, amen.